I'm back. This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. I've begun my uh, hopefully annual interview segments, talking with beat writers from the American Athletic Conference. You cover basketball in the conference. Joining me right now is Taylor Eldridge, one of the best in the business doing what he does. He covers Wichita State uh, Shockers basketball. Taylor, as always, man, thank you for joining me. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me on, Chris. I appreciate it. You do a great job yourself. Thank you, man. Um, let's let's just recap last season for the Shockers. COVID, um, new coach, Coach Brown, taking over on an interim basis. We're winning the conference championship. All those things. Just recap last season. Yeah, it was uh, a really wild season, and uh, you kind of undersold it there with, you know, the coaching change. That was a huge steal in, in Wichita. You know, Greg Marshall was, uh, you know, bigger than Wichita State basketball, and down, uh, that was, you know, shocking news for a lot of people in Wichita and, and, and really, you know, put the, the program in a little bit of turmoil. It, was, it happened right before the start of the season. A lot of people forget that. It wasn't like, you know, Coach Brown had months to prepare as the head coach, I mean, we're talking no more than two weeks uh, before the first game. And, and then you mentioned the COVID deal, too. And, you know, they, they had that season opening tournament in South Dakota. Uh, you know, they fly up there. Uh, they test positive upon arrival. So they get their first three games of the season wiped out. So it's just a total mess. And it's just looking like, you know, everything that could go wrong this season was going to go wrong. And, uh, and then they start out and, uh, you know, they lose back-to-back games uh, at home to Missouri and Oklahoma State. Uh, they had problems in their season opener against Oral Roberts, who at the time we didn't know they were that good. You know, obviously they proved uh, uh, themselves plenty capable in the NCAA tournament. But first three games of the year, you know, this season was looking like, hey, WSU, they're just going to be trying to, you know, keep their uh, head above water and, just, you know, not have an embarrassing season. But, yeah, you got to give a ton of credit for Coach Brown, Isaac Brown, uh, you know, 19 years as assistant coach at the D1 level. I think he's like 55. I forgot his exact age. But, I mean, he's put in his time. He was ready for this opportunity. And I think the thing that stands out uh, in talking to people is that he acted the same way he's acted, you know, the last six years he was in Wichita as an assistant coach. Even though he was the head coach, he still did everything that he used to do as an assistant coach. I mean, he would rebound for guys in practice. He would, uh, in uh, you know, video breakdowns, he, he likes to do all of the video scouting, which is pretty rare for a head coach. A lot of the times they delegate that to, you know, a video coordinator or an assistant coach. But, you know, IB likes to have his hands on, you know, his fingerprints on just about everything in this program. He's so easygoing so laid back and all these players um, really, really responded to him. And, and he's, you know, a player's coach and yeah, WSU ended up turning the season around and had a pretty, pretty remarkable run ends up at 16 and six. Uh, they win the American athletic conference outright, you know, obviously fans from Memphis will probably uh, Memphis Houston will probably protest that because, uh, you know, WSU didn't play complete round Robin, but you know, their own you know it was all other teams canceling uh due to covid reasons but yeah a pretty remarkable year for wsu to to get their first american title and um yeah i mean it's uh, it's really sparked an interest in, in coach brown and obviously earned him that full-time contract uh with wsu and now i think uh you know 
it's kind of rejuvenated the fan base. You know, they, they thought it was going to be uh, maybe a turning point in the, in the, the program. But now, you know, IB has kept the ball rolling. And now, you know, they're expecting big things this next year, too. Let's get into it. You know, you touched on it. Tyson Etienne, co-player of the year. I get a kick out of how each school kind of forgets about the other person who who <laughs> shared the player of the year honor. But that's okay. But the Shockers got to the tournament, NCAA tournament, did not go the way they wanted to. but they did the team really believe that you believe that they had earned a shot to the tournament rather than being you know one of those last ones in yeah i mean I, it was it was a tough deal because you know no fault of their own you know a lot of those non-conference opportunities to improve the resume got taken away from them uh, like i mentioned that south dakota tournament so they they really didn't have you know the resume to, to say we're absolutely in this tournament, we belong, uh, we've proven it. You know, obviously the Houston win is what they that, – that kind of saved their season in terms of the NCAA tournament hopes. That was the win that got them in the tournament. But outside of that, you know, they really didn't have too many, you know, supporting victories. It was just a down year in the American. There just weren't that many opportunities uh, to, you know, get those tournament wins. And the, the two that really would have helped was, you know, playing SMU. But, you know, they were just, you know, uh, you know, they just couldn't get out of the COVID protocol the last, you know, two months of the season, it felt like. So uh, that was a bummer we didn't get to see. I really wanted to see Kendrick Davis. He's probably my favorite player in this conference, uh, just electric uh, to watch. So I'm looking forward. I think the American is pretty stacked this next year. But um, uh, to answer your question, though, I, I did think they belonged in the tournament. You know, if you win the American Athletic Conference outright, I think, uh, you know, it's it's a good basketball conference. And I think uh, the winner should be able to play in the NCAA tournament. So um, especially if you win it outright, you know, obviously the year before Tulsa, you know, being a, a three-way split, you know, they probably weren't going to get in. So, uh, but if you win it outright, I think the American is, you know, that level of conference where, where you deserve to, to get in just on based on that. Now, you and I have talked about this previously. Last year was a down year for the conference. You touched on a little bit. Let's just get into this year. We have um, Andy Katz with NCA.com has uh, three teams from the American in his Power 36, Houston, Memphis, the Shockers. Do you agree with that? Do you think it should be more? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm optimistic. I, I thought going into this last year, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a down year. Um, you could kind of just see it at the top. And then obviously with Cincinnati just kind of, you know, bottoming, bottoming out, that was a surprise. You know, SMU just seemingly, I mean, just couldn't stay on the, on the floor. I thought they had a really, really good team. And um, it seems like we say that every year with, with SMU, though. It's like they always have the potential. They always have talent. But – you know, can they, uh, you know, fulfill that potential? So that, that's going to be the same thing uh, this year. You know, Kendrick Davis, I think he's – him and Tyson Etienne, I think they're the two best players coming back in this conference. So those – I think Kendrick had a pretty good case to be, you know, that conference player of the year. It's just, a, you know, I think what hurt him was just not not being on the floor enough to, to, to be in that argument. And, you know, you know Houston's not going anywhere. You know, uh, Samson has done such a good job. Uh, recruiting specific types of players, you know, that bring toughness and just that edge. And, you know, they're going to kill everybody on the glass. You know, it's, it's just, you know, 
you just know that's going to what you're going to get from them. And then the same deal with Memphis. It seems like ever since Penny took over, it's like they're going to have a ton of talent, probably have the most talented roster, uh, you know, in the American. But, uh, you know, can that is this the year that they, they put it all together? You know, how much will Larry Brown help, you know, being on the bench for, for Penny, you know, with the X's and O's and just guiding him throughout this. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the American optimistically should look at this as a potential four-bid league uh, this year. You know, I think that the clear top tier, you know, you're, you're probably looking at Houston, you're looking at Memphis, and I think Wichita State's kind of that that third team that a lot of people are going to put there. But then you got a lot of really interesting teams on the second tier that could absolutely sneak their way up, you know, best-case scenario. Uh, you know, teams like SMU, um, I don't think Cincinnati will be there right away under Wes Miller, but, you know, that's that's really uh, – I thought it was a really good hire. They could, you know, uh, bounce back and be, you know, an upper echelon team. UCF has a ton of uh, talent coming back. They're kind of the super team. I really like what they have coming back. Uh, you know, Tulsa, you know, Frank A., they just – you know, they're always a tough out. They're never going away. So I think they're they're – Team to watch as well. So yeah, I think the American is is shaping up after a down year. I think this is going to uh, be a, a very strong bounce back year. They should expect at least uh, you know at least two teams in, probably three, and then like I said, optimistic. You know, you're, uh, you're hoping you can get four in. What are your expectations? Because you, Zolinardi had this morning, well today, his I guess monthly off season bracketology. He's got U of H and Memphis in. Hmm. He doesn't have the Shockers. Do you see the Shockers? Do, do the Shockers, I mean, I, th- I think the Shockers expected, but do you think they, they should be in a tournament this year? I, I think they should. I think with Tyson Etienne coming back, um, you know, I, I talked to his trainers uh, throughout this NBA draft process, and they're so high on what he is doing and how he's transformed his body and just his work ethic and you know, everybody I talked to just said, this guy is going to be a monster. He's a, he's an NBA player, you know, regardless of if he, if he comes out this year or not, he's going to play in the NBA. So um, I think Wichita State, it's, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people don't really, you know, unless you follow this very, very closely, you're not going to know. You just see Etienne coming back and, and, you know, you see the, the points per game and just assume he's going to, you know, go back to that role. But, you know, what, what Wichita State is counting on is not only is Tyson coming back, but they're moving him to point guard. They're going to have him on the ball way more this year, maybe not full time, but he's going to definitely play a lot of point guard, you know, run him in pick and rolls. I mean, that's that's what he's going to do in the NBA. So I think IB is going to turn the reins over to him. You know, Altariq Gilbert, uh, you know, graduated. He's on his way out. So there's a natural void there. And But, you know, you don't want to take – Tyson away from what he does best, which is, you know, you set those pin downs for him, let him come up and just catch and shoot. You know, that's, that's his bread and butter, but you know, he's also the best playmaker on Wichita State's roster. And I think that's going to unlock a huge season for him. I, I'm expecting him to have a very, very big season and WSU, I think with just the, the natural, you know, the people leaving and the people that are coming back, you know, Ricky council, the fourth, is a name to watch. This guy is the real deal. I've uh, been able to watch him a few times this summer in pickup games, and he is just, uh, you know, he looks like the best player on the floor. Obviously, Tyson's not back right now in Wichita, but, you know, Council definitely a name to remember. He's going to be a big-time player. Dexter Dennis is looking way better off the bounce. Morris Udeze really came on strong at the end of last season, especially that NCAA tournament game, probably the best 
uh, game of his career. You know, he's a little undersized, six eight center, but you know works hard and, and is basically the only low pro, low post presence that WSU has. So uh, those four guys, you know, that's a really salty starting lineup. And then you have like Monty Jackson, who showed flashes last year. I think he's going to get an expanded role. They really, really like the playmaking and, and energy and effort that he brings. Then they added two, you know, uh, instant impact transfers too. Quay Grant's a Division II All-American last year at West Texas, and uh, he's a big-time player. They really like him. Then they added Abilene Christian, uh, Joe Pleasant, who's a very, very solid uh, four. He can play probably a little five, uh, you know, if needed. Uh, you know, he's not going to score 20 points a game, but he does all the little things. Uh, just a very good glue player. So I think Wichita State has the ingredients to, to be a very, very special team. What I've been telling people is that, you know, they might not win the American this year, but I do think that they're going to get a better seed uh, in the NCAA tournament, and I, I think they'll have a better resume and just be a better team overall. Um, you know, even if they don't win the American like they did last year, I think they will take a step up this year. Have, have the Shockers announced any of their non-conference games? Uh, not all of them. They have eight announced right now. Uh, from what I've been told, it's basically all the all the big ones. So, you know, they're going on the road uh, at Missouri, at Oklahoma State. They get K-State at home uh, in the downtown of Wichita Arena. So it's a little bit of a neutral floor. Um, and then they're going to a Las Vegas tournament, which should, uh, should pr- produce, uh, you know, two big-time games. They're playing Arizona in the first game in Vegas. And if they win that, they're probably going to play Michigan, which is, you know, in everybody's top 10 uh, coming back this season. So that would be a big, big time game. And if not, then they'll play UNLV. Um, so, yeah, two potential big time games there in Vegas and then at Mizzou, at Oklahoma State, and then K-State at home. And then the rest so are that, probably high games. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a solid non-conference schedule. Uh, U of H's done the same thing, you know, neutral side Oklahoma State home game with Virginia, and then being in my invitational with Oregon and those teams like that. So it seems like those two teams, and I'm, and I'm sure Penny's doing the same thing with Memphis. So what do you think is going to take for the American to get more recognition nationally? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the same problem. I mean, the last few years definitely is that they've just kind of, you know, not performed up to, up to their ability in the non-conference the last – Obviously, last year, you know, the opportunities just weren't there because of COVID. But even I think the uh, I remember the the year before that and the the year before that too was um, you know just non conference. You know, the American top tier teams just did not have a good um, you know a good non conference, and that's the way that you get respect is you know you go out and beat these you know Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC teams uh, you know on the road at neutral sites. That's the only way that the American's gonna um, you know, play their way in. And, and what really hurt Wichita State, um, you know, obviously Houston was was in pretty secure, but what hurt Wichita State and Memphis last year was that, you know, the middle of the pack was just um, so bad in the RPI rankings. And it just, like I said, didn't present any opportunities to move up. You know, uh, all those teams were in the hundreds in the, in the late 90s. Um, and it, it just it really hurt the conference. So, you know, uh, even if they don't make the tournament, you know, teams like Cincinnati, UCF, SMU, the conference needs to be rooting for those teams that have a very good non-conference to come into conference play with a very high uh, net rating. And, uh, and and even teams like, you know, Tulsa, Temple, USF, um, 
you know, teams like that, if they can have a good season, a good preseason too, that would be uh, crucial as well. So I think that's the only way you, you go out. And then, then obviously I think uh, Houston's run, you know, in, in the NCAA tournament that, that earns the conference a lot of respect. Uh, and, and, you know, you just have to have teams go deep on, go on deep, uh, you know, Memphis winning the NIT helps. So, uh, at the end of the day, though, it's like you got to get into the big dance and then and improve you belong. From your perspective, were you surprised at Houston's run in the tournament? You know, I, I was. I I thought this was not – this last year uh, roster was not their best. Since I've been covering uh, – you know, I, I joined right when – right, Stop right there, Taylor. Stop right there. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't believe it was the best just, roster. So yeah, yeah, it was it was surprised because you know I I joined uh, right when WSU came over to the Americans. So you know the the seventeen eighteen season. I remember you know the Rob Gray years and uh, they had uh, it just seems like they always have good guards and um, good big guys. And I thought this year's roster, you know, without um, you know um, who's the guy that transferred out, uh, Caleb Mills. Oh, yeah, Caleb Mills. Uh huh. Yeah, without I just thought they needed someone like that, you know, uh, just a secondary, you know, creator, someone who could just go get their own shot. Um, th- I thought that missing piece was going to hurt them in the tournament, but you know, defense and rebounding, you know, that that can carry you a long way. And I think, uh, yeah, it sounds like they may, might have even surprised you know a few of their own fans with just how deep they went. But you know, anytime it gets into postseason play, you know, I'm. I just love the way that, that Samson, you know, coaches basketball, the way they play, you know, maybe not like the most analytically friendly, you know, they take a lot of mid range jumpers, but you know, they, they make it back by, you know, all those offensive rebounds and just all the hustle plays. And it seems like they always have one of those guys that just goes, you know, crazy for offense and gets every loose ball. And then, uh, yeah, there's a uh, surround him. I love Marcus Sasser's game. So um, yeah, I mean, they're, even they, even though they have a, a ton of turnover this coming year, you know, I, I have no doubt that they're going to be right back in that race for the American title. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, a, a team to beat in the, the AAC for sure. And I, I think fans sometimes forget or don't want to realize it's very hard to get to the Final Four. It's difficult. Yeah. You need some luck. UVA's, this year's UVA's team with Josh Carlton as their big man will allow Fabian White to play some more for his more natural position. This year's team may be better, deeper than last year's team, but might not get to the final four because of matchups, yeah. breaks, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the the route they, they got to the final four too, you know, I think that was a little fortuitous too, you know, not playing any, you know, top, you know, 20 teams, basically, uh, you know, they, they, the, you know, Oregon state was playing very well when they played them, but, uh, you know, Rutgers, Syracuse, you know, those teams were, were exactly, you know, stellar. So, you know, you would expect Houston to win those matchups. But, yeah, I mean, if you would have said, you know, before, you know, if they make it to the Final Four, that, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. And, yeah, it was pretty cool to see, you know, uh, someone like, you know, Jarreau kind of, uh, I thought he really matured and, and played a big role. And, you know, I, I loved his uh, stats. He always – you know, just a guard that always got like steals and blocks. I mean, uh, high assist rate. It was always pretty intriguing. And but then you watch him play, and it was, you know, translate to. Uh, it just always seemed like something was missing with. Him. It seemed like this last year. That's when he kind of put it all together. 
and really became, you know, a reliable player for, for Houston. And, um, you know, that's, that's the stuff that you love to see as a coach, you know, guys mature and, and fill that potential. And I'm sure, you know, looking back on that run, he's going to be remembered, you know, pretty fondly because from what I could tell on, you know, Twitter and just social media that he was kind of a, you know, a controversial or, you know, polarizing player before this last year. Yeah. And, you know, his junior season with the biting incident in Cincinnati and, Mm-hmm. He was so up and down his junior year, yeah. but he really grew and developed and matured his, his yeah, senior he can, year. Really he became... can lock people up, too. He's, he's yeah. got some claims. Taylor, how long have you been doing what you've been doing, man? Uh, so college basketball-wise, I've, I've done this uh, since, uh, like I said, Wichita State came over, so the 17-18 season. So, yeah, four years um, doing Wichita State, and then I've done like high school sports and stuff like that for – uh, about like the last decade here in Wichita. Do you do you enjoy it? This your passion? This all you want to do rest of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love basketball. So this is like the dream for me uh, to just focus on you know a, a very good uh, Division One basketball team and, and be able to to cover them. And uh, you know now I have to do a lot of other stuff, a lot of high school sports, a lot of just, uh, you know minor league pro sports here in Wichita, uh, but. You know, during basketball season, I get to just, uh, just you know, sit back and kind of dissect uh, the Shockers. So that's that's really cool. Um, you know, I I just love, you know, watching the game, learning about it. You know, um, I like, you know, looking for those little things. You know, obviously everybody sees the points and, you know, the big plays. But just looking at little stuff that, that players do that, that lead to winning, uh, that's always fun to go back and, and, and look at and, and those, those situations. I think I'm hoping that uh, COVID wanes, continues to wane, that we can have more in-person, face-to-face interaction yeah. this season. I have not heard promising things about a media day for basketball being in person. Uh, last heard is going to be virtual, so that's kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on the conference tournament? Are you in favor of a conference tournament? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's always fun. Um, I really like that Fort Worth uh, arena and that setup down there. I had a really good time this this last season. Um, I thought it was a ton of fun. There's just a lot a lot more to do in, in uh, that area than I thought there was. And uh, the arena is obviously beautiful. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really good setup. Um, it was kind of fun to, to have the rotating, you know, host cities. I remember – I think it was the first year I did it. Uh, Memphis hosted it, and that was that was fun. I think that was last year, and they went on that crazy run in the conference tournament, and people were like, "Is he going to save his job if if they win this tournament?" And uh, that was that was pretty fun. Um, I think WSU and Houston played in the semis. That was the Rob Gray, Rob Gray era. That uh, he seemed like he always would get the best of of WSU, and um, uh, yeah, I I think that was. Uh, intriguing, but I like having it at Fort Worth. It sounds like it's going to be there for a long time. And, um, you know, most times, more times than not, you know, the regular season AAC champion is going to get into the tournament. So I don't think they have any, you know, concern of, you know, playing out a, playing out a tournament and then the regular season champion being left out. Uh, so I, I'm in favor of it. I just, you know, Vicky's arena is, is nice. That's where, uh, U of H, Oklahoma State will be, will be playing neutral site this um, season. I just want the conference to promote it more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do yeah. a better job because 
this is Texas is football country, man. Well, first it's football country, but it's also Big Twelve country. Yeah. So need to let more people know about the American and the great basketball played in the conference. So promote it more, do a better job of that. So that's why I'm hoping that holding out hope that there is a media day and I would like to see it in Fort Worth. Have it at the site of the tur- tournament. Yeah, that would be cool. And especially now that I think the conference offices are all moved down there now too. So yeah, it would make sense. Uh, I did like those trips to Philly in the, in the fall. That was always, uh, always fun. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Fort Worth would make a lot of sense for basketball, but yeah, I mean, it's like the the conference is so spread out too. It, it's tough to to have a centralized location when you know you, you go from Kansas to all the way down to Texas, all the way over to Florida, all the way up to Philadelphia. You know, that's such a big conference uh, uh, area just on the map. So uh, you know, wherever you go, you know, some fan bases aren't going to be able to travel. But I think Fort Worth uh, sets up probably the best for the the biggest traveling you know fan bases. You know, WSU. Seems like Cincinnati always draw, draws well, you know, Houston, uh, teams like that. Memphis is always good, too. Is there anything you want to touch on, mention that we haven't talked about? No, I mean, I think uh, this is uh, – I'm about ready to sit down. I've been doing a lot of other stuff um, sports-wise. I haven't been able to, to sit down and, and kind of really dig into, you know, who's coming back. And obviously with Wichita State's roster finalized now, I need to do that pretty soon, just kind of do a, a look around the conference. But, you know, just from what I've been seeing on Twitter uh, and, and kind of I was doing it early in the off season, just who's coming back and who's leaving, it seems like the conference is set up for a very, very good year. Like I said, I think UCF is a good sleeper team that could crack that top four. Um, I would go just off the top of my head, you know, I would, you know, I trust Houston more than Memphis. So I'd go Houston, Memphis, Wichita State, um, one, two, three, and then I think after that you can go whatever you like. You know, UCF, SMU is obviously going to be very talented. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, depending on how much you uh, you like them in year, year one of that new coach. So, um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be an exciting exciting year for for AAC basketball after kind of a down year last year, and it just felt like for for those top teams, every game when they didn't play each other was like a landmine. It's like you lose it, your season's done. I, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think it's going to be uh, a lot stronger top to bottom. And, you know, a loss, you know, to to those that middle of the pack is not going to kill your, your tournament chances. Hopefully the, the middle tier teams do better non-conference. We have full seasons, so we have more games, more info for the net, the, met, the metrics, those things. So I'm looking forward to it. I think this year should be, as you said, at minimum two yeah, and I think three. Pretty, I, I feel safe. Yeah, saying yeah, three. You, yeah. If you're the the conference, yeah, you feel like you need to get three in this year, especially after the last few years, kind of being on the, the more of the disappointing side. I think that first year I did uh, came over 2018. I think they got four in, and then it's been kind so, of yeah. I think Temple got in to make it four, and then ever since then it's been kind of on the the downhill. So yeah, they need to get back to that three four um, if they're going to establish themselves and, and make that push to you know, be considered a, a high major. I think some people already do, but, you know, to make it unanimous, to, to be viewed on that, that top tier level, you got to get, you know, three or four teams in every year. How can folks find you on Twitter, social media? Yeah, just uh, just my name, Taylor Eldridge. That's my uh, my Twitter handle. And, uh, yeah, my, my stuff's all on Kansas.com. And, uh, yeah, I'll be posting a lot 
this week is TBT, uh, which I'll say has an alumni team. And they got Fred Van Fleet and Landry Shamit coming back for uh, to be in attendance for it, to watch it. So it's going to be a big, you know, shocker reuni- reunion kind of. Uh, uh, but after that, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff on WSU basketball this summer, how workouts are going and how the team's looking. So they can find all that stuff on uh, Kansas.com. Second Taylor Eldridge, as always, man, I look forward to seeing you when the Shockers come to town. And who knows, man, I might see you when your race goes up there. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again for having me on. Thank you, man. You take care. You too.